Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 102. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Zanitsky. That would be me. I apologize for the air conditioning noise. Yeah, but we're, we'll cook if I don't have the AC on. We are not at the Brainerd show yeah, because we... we left there because it was too windy. So we're actually at another supercharger. Yep, and uh, oh, God, there's that. Uh, we watched a super light airplane. Like, <laughs> Almost crash into the power lines. Okay, yeah, so just picture like an airplane-shaped item that is clearly made in a garage with plywood painted white. And then it says experimental aircraft on the side in mailbox numbers. And imagine that taking off in a pretty good crosswind and crabbing very near some high-voltage power lines. And then getting above the tree line, <laughs> and then not careening to the ground, but no longer making forward a movement. <laughs> right. Like, it sat there, and the dude is just sitting there, like, revving the little, like, air-cooled 1600, yep. like, Volkswagen Beetle engine. <laughs> just revving the piss out of it, trying to make it go forward, and it just wasn't doing... It's like watching a crow fly into a crosswind. We'll put it this way. You or could have taken its picture with an 1800s camera. Oh, yeah, yeah, it would not have moved. Yeah, there was enough delay there where the shutter speed wouldn't have been a problem so um favorites from the show we saw i saw a piper um that had the most epic plane paint job i think i've ever seen i like that old 60s tritone it's pretty good really old school 60s like late 50s cessna yeah you really like that slim cessna that's pretty good that's really cool uh coolest car Probably that Art Deco LaSalle or whatever that, that yeah, was. Yeah, the LaSalle, yeah. The LaSalle was pretty cool. That one's, that definitely was the best interior. The only was... manual there. No, no there were a couple. Was, there was a Hurst but, 4-speed in that Impala, and then there was that 1908 replica was made in Buick or whatever made in the 50s with an 8-horse Cushman motor. So there were three. Yeah. There were some cool cars. I mean, obviously my boss is stuff there, but other than the Ferrari with the manual, the other two are automatics, so nobody cares. Um, yeah, decent decent turnout it seemed like. Yeah, I really did like the Coke bottle charger with the with the Magnum and the ridiculous rake and giant tires. That was a yeah, like it's it a desirable cool. car and an undesirable spec and color, but it was pretty neat. I just liked I liked how it was just like your average nineteen seventies muscle car street racer. That is such a dad dream car. Oh it totally is. <laughs> but it's like I like, Some guy in long white socks and jean shorts named Bill just rubbing his pud to that thing. I mean, I get it. Like that—that that would be like for somebody that grew up like if they were in their early twenties in the late seventies. Yeah. Like that'd be like an EF Civic to them. Like, I it's guess. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. I get that. It's like it's the, the same concept. The like, hot, desirable, attainable car. Yeah, super attainable. Yeah, it's just crazy, a crazy cheap car for the era. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, the, I think the show was pretty good. I mean, the food is usually pretty decent. It's nothing fancy, but they, you know, they give you a Kirkland brat. And, Kirk, Kirkland brats are yeah, free. Like, yeah, why not? Pretty good. So uh, the Tesla, i got to say, pretty impressive on the trip. Other than apparently the rear seats are not terribly comfortable. No, but Jenna's lying not. down. Right so. now I folded the seat down, and I'm currently half in the trunk and half in the cab. So. There's good a, thing it's a giant hatchback. Yep, it is. And, um, good nope. thing I'm a small person. We should also make a note, uh, Patreon, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. So i just making a note to plug this every time. doesn't matter if you do it or not, but we would appreciate it if you did. Patreon.com forward slash Carpetrage. We have a $1.50 and a $5 monthly recurring membership option. Both of us essentially just buy us beer. So look into that if you enjoy the podcast. If not, whatever. We'll keep doing it. So uh, Anyway... No, considering that's done, you've got the first topic, so yeah, um, light, light that up for us. So this um, this week, uh, Emperor Akihito uh, stepped down. Um, he was the first. Who is he? 
he was the emperor of Japan. He was the first emperor, actually, in uh, 200... First Japanese royal period to abdicate throne of any sort okay. in the last 200 years. So it's basically... That's a big deal. Since the Tokugawa shogunate, he was... Things I know, yes. Yeah, since, since like, the samurai era. Okay. He was the, <laughs> la- he was the first emperor since the samurai era, era to abdicate the throne before dying. Interesting. Um... So anyway, he uh, abdicated. He then commissioned a convertible Toyota Century well, we from have. Toyota and went to his retirement, um, as uh, Emperor does. Um, but he does. He leaves a legacy behind because he he inherited the throne of Emperor just as Japan was, just as the bubble economy was being burst. Okay. And he really, while the uh, Showa era, the Emperor before <laughs> him, was really. The growth of Japan post yeah. World War II and post Meiji, mm-hmm. um, Akihito has been modern Japan and really just the like Japan heading being the head of the world really in technology. Uh, and plus, oh, he was emperor when a lot of the coolest well, when Japanese did he, when cars. When did he take over? Nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Okay. So he's like definitely like the coolest <laughs> era of Japan for cars for sure. And in in Japan, they really they're they consider. They go by cars by by imperial era. Okay. So, like, you know, we say like the muscle car era, the, the customs era. The Malays era. The Malays, yeah. They do by emperor. So, that, like, Showa era classics is what that. you would call, sure. like, 50s, 60s, 70s, <laughs> and 80s cars. Okay. Like, that's all just kind of the same thing. And then within there, you get plastic and chrome bumper. But, um, <laughs> of course. But, like, now it's the Akihito... Um, the Heisei era was what they call this. Um, and that's kind of... The question is, what was the greatest car of the Heisei era? That was actually a Japanese nostalgia car. So that would be question of the week. after... So during this guy who just... Yeah, j- during this current... So 1989 emperor, to now. 89 to now. What has been the best Japanese car in that era? Oh. Well, normally I would still beat the dead horse of a Z32, but... I think in the case of this, I'll switch it up just to make it a little more interesting for our listeners. I'm going to say NC Miata Club. I'm going to say NA Miata. Okay. And I'm going to say the NA because that was the one that brought back the Roadster. Okay. It was not a thing without the NA Miata. I think I'm going to say NC Club because I think it's the best distillation and progression of that same formula. Other than the fact that it is a little too heavy. If you get the Soft Top Club one, they did lighten the weight of it. They added more power. They made way better suspension brake packages, and it came with, like, really lightweight wheels and nice tires right from the factory. And at the end of the day, it's so Miata. So yeah. what we say is, like, when we say it's a little heavy, like, we're, it's, like, 40 pounds. So like it's yeah, it's, like a, it's like a 2,800-pound car. Yeah, it doesn't. It still doesn't weigh it's still anything at all. really, really light. Um, do, Jim, do you have a pick for best Japanese car made after 89? No, that really that was in the Showa, but you could say the Nissan Pal or the oh, Jimny. Jimny. The yeah, d- oh, yeah the Jimny. All right, so Jimny. it's the Jimny. Jimny's it's actually the, the Jimny. Yep. That, that is the correct answer. Because we've been talking about the Jimny. We've been talking about all day. The new Suzuki <laughs> Jimny. That's there you the go. best Japanese yeah. car of the Heisei era. Please bring it to America. That needs to come here right now. <laughs> or uh, the. No, nope, it's the Jimny. Um, I really like. Nope, that's too old. What? Never mind. Uh, the Toyota Hilux from Back to the Future. Yeah, that's a little too old. A little too old. Yeah, that's like that body style came out in 86. Just barely. Yeah, that was, uh, that body style came out in 82, but yeah. Wow. Um, Yeah, so there you go. The Suzuki Jimny is the best Heisei era Japanese car. We all agree. 
if you're... Uh, I'm not even going to ask Corey because he agrees. I, I'm sure Ben is going to be listening to this at some <laughs> point. So there you go, Ben. That's a correct answer for your question of the week. Modi. <laughs> okay. Well, jumping right on from that, that was oddly anticlimactic and efficient. So yeah, perfect. That, yeah. Well, we're trying to bust this whole this whole thing out in no. like short time frames. Remember so. on the way up, we were coming up through Monticello and we saw that three series grand touring? Yes. I want to talk about the three series and more specifically like cars like the four series the mercedes cls the a5 sport back cross thing or whatever so a four-door version of a two-door car or a two-door version of a four-door car that has no reason existing and i want to kind of bring that with a current article and that is the porsche panamera that four-door sedan giant bulbous thing they've got they're going to make a coupe and a convertible supposedly so a two-door panamera it's huge they never made, did they make a convertible 928? Yeah. I didn't know that. I think they did. <clears throat> anyway, okay. They, they made the If the they nine... shorten it, great, but are they? Like I don't I don't think so. But I mean just in general, I'm not a fan of people making a two door version of a four door car or a four door version of a two door car. You know, I'm gonna counter you on that because while there are some that really just don't work out, I really have to say, of uh, if you look at a CA or C B accord. Okay. The coupe version. It's a late looks, 80s, early 90s. Yep. Well, so 86 to 94, those two generations of Accord. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them, you have a coupe version of a sedan, and the coupe looks way better. Just hands down looks better. And with the CA, it had a slightly different roofline, but the CB was almost the exact same roofline, but they moved the B pillar back and it looked way better. And that's so, where that big change came from. And in a case like that, they I guess they did it the right way around, where they started with a four-door and then they went to a two-door. Yeah. BMW has always done the other way around. They always start with the, the coupe, it seems like. And then they make a four-door. And then they it. make a four-door, like, like the E36. The, well, no, what was the, the, the new is the new 6 Series, where it was supposed to be a coupe, and they mm-hmm. made a four-door coupe. It's like, but no, it's not a coupe, it's a holiday. But, like, but <laughs> I like the 6 Series Grand Coupe. That's that's the one problem here. I don't. No, well, I think because it's the most I, attractive I, BMW they make. That's fine and dandy, but it has no reason to exist. It doesn't have a reason to exist. It's it's like they made a four-door Mondial. Other than it's the only way to get a four-door non-SUV M car with a six-speed right now. Is it? Because oh. the, the M5 is in flux right now to the new one, and you can that's still buy the six-series Grand Coupe. Pretty sure. Okay. Maybe they got rid of that option. Anyway, it doesn't matter. If, if you can get a six-series <clears throat> Grand Coupe with a manual, that makes sense. You yeah. can, but only in the M, huh. which is weird. So that's that is. Odd. Anyway, I just want car companies to make a model, stick with it. Well, I'm actually I'm kind of excited about the coupe and the convertible Panamera because the if I think they the call Panam- it a 928 and they shorten the wheelbase, sure. Yeah, because like the thing is that the Panamera is like it's just such a uh, god awful car. It really is, and the, it's getting better. And what could make that car look a lot better is you just shorten that roof a whole lot. And shorten the wheelbase. Right. If they modify it, that, yeah. Or even if they were to make it just like an actual coupe, coupe like a Mercedes uh, GTR. Right. But th- yeah. that's all substantial changes to the car. What I'm getting at is like this kind of like, it's it's a rumor more or less, but I think it will happen. But I think if, the, the, if they make it pillarless, <laughs> that'll be another thing. And that's great. But I'm picturing a two-door Panamera with no other changes. Or a yeah, convertible that'd... Panamera with no other changes. Like, like that's a terrible idea. Convertible that's like cross-cab. would make me puke. Imagine how much chassis flex would be in a 10, or sorry, 20-foot-long car with uh, no roof on it. No thank you. So I'm, That would be awful. Well, I'm just not about that. Oh, another car that looks substantially better as a coupe than a sedan, uh, the SEC versus the SELs. 
I'll, Mercedes. I'll agree with that. Yeah. I think the SEC is a better looking car. Yeah, it looks way better. And again, pillarless. I think that's the trick is either you're obscuring that B pillar or yeah. you're completely getting rid of it. And the 850i versus 750il. I mean, they're yeah. not really that comparable because, I mean, it's a little different, but I still I kind of kind of stand by that. Yeah, it's so, it's a massive, massive improvement. And I'm not a huge fan of two doors, but that's not really the point of this. I mean, it's the car that's engineered and designed to be a blank, and One then thing. they make it to the other. Well, I, I'm I love coupes, <laughs> and you hate them, and it's right. I, I think I understand what you're saying because for me, that difference is the two seater versus the two plus two. So like Nissan Datsun, when they make like these awful looking two plus twos where you just extend the roof line of like right. the Z cars and it just makes you want to puke back and forth forever. R- right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's a just, play on a Cards Against Humanity yes, card. It's, <laughs> it's just awful. Huh. Oh, God. Oh, I think I'm going to go with everything should just be made into a wagon. Yeah, that, that's the correct answer. Is everything should yeah. be a wagon, except for everything the Panamera, which a... is a wagon. No, but it's not because like they've they've done shooting brake renderings of a Panamera and it looks epic. Yeah, right, and they're just not going to do it. So that I don't I don't like that. I hope they don't make this. I hope they do make a new nine twenty eight because they've been renderings of that and it looks. Fine. I, I actually really like the nine twenty eight. What did you say, honey? Every car should be a wagon. I Jimmy agree. Agrees. Unless it's a Jimmy. The Jimny. The Jimny is already perfect, just the way he is. Actually, I think the Jimny, a four door Jimny, would be really cute because then no. literally they don't offer a, a four door Jimny. No, it's only a two door. But I if they made like a, it, if they made a four door, it'd be a tiny G wagon. Oh, literally. So cool. Oh god, that would be amazing. See, yeah, four door Jimny would be really cute. G-wagon. I really thought those were available as a five door. Well, at least this body style is, and I think they'll they, get there. It just came out. I, yeah, I think they they might have used to. I'm not sure. Better if they're going to leave it a two door, at least make like a retractable cloth top, like the G wagon convertibles or whatever. You, you know who? For sure. You know who we need to resurrect is Alex Tremulus. Who? The, who is Alex Tremulus? <laughs> is he guy. from like the Celebrity Jeopardy, Jeopardy Sean Connery edition? All right. Well, I'm just going to say <laughs> a bunch of random things, and okay. we're going to connect the dots here. All right. The factory Duesenberg Duesenberg bodywork. Ding. The Tucker Torpedo. Ding. ding. It's a post-war. I don't care. I'm going to ding it anyway. Um, The first concept ever designed of a multi-use spacecraft. That's definitely not a ding. Yep. Um, The Ford Advanced Design Division in the... (laughs) The Ford Advanced Design Division in the late 1950s and the Subaru Brat. Okay, so is this a designer? It was the same guy who designed all that shit. Why would you not pick Shajaro? Who's not only designed better cars than that, but also designed, like, tires and lunchboxes. Well, yeah, he is still alive, but that's the thing. is Alex or Tremulous. Or Henrik Fisker. Yeah, but Alex Tremulous. Like, Shajaro's awesome. But who designed the, thing the is, Jimny? Who designed the Jimny? The new one. Probably some guy in Japan. Yeah, I like him more. Now, <laughs> but this is the thing. Alex Tremulous... Well, Jajaro is batting, like, a, probably, a, well, you could say, I guess, a solid 80% for, like, good designs versus, like, meh mm-hmm. designs. Alex Tremulus is batting 100. Okay. Because the factory Duesenberg bodywork is iconic. I mean, it's, he did that when he was... <laughs> he did that when he was... We don't have a pre-war bell, so I'm using fart mode in Tesla. <laughs> he, he did that when he was, like, literally still in high school. That's impressive. Like, he was just hanging out but, I mean, at the Duesenberg factory. Look at the E-Type, though. I mean, that was done by super young people after hours. Yeah, well, this one was literally designed while sitting on a show floor looking at a, at a chassis with no body work He's on it. He's probably at a strip club. <laughs> yeah, at a strip club. That's what he's doing. <laughs> um, but then after... So then during the war, he designed bombers okay. and bombs, uh, which is awesome. Oh, I try 5 is coming by. That's sick. 
it's a sedan, so it's actually affordable. Yeah, buddy. It's cool. Cool. Um, but then after the war, Alex Trimos also designed the Tucker Torpedo, which is a legitimately a really good-looking car. I think it looks fine. Okay. You, know, you know what kind of looks? I don't like Tuckers that much. I mean, the back end I love. That love was the still, back end. That was all him, though. That's great, but, like, the front end and the sides need some work. But, it's like, so, but I, I still think that's a really, really awesome car. Most people would agree. Okay. With the exception of you. Yeah, well, um, my opinion matters sometimes. No. <laughs> um, so then he also designed. So after Roswell happened in 1946, allegedly, it did. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alex Tremulis is really inspired, and he actually made a design for a uh, multi-use spacecraft. Okay. That eventually became it, it eventually evolved into the space shuttle well, i kind of figured if yeah. something dubbed that is like pretty specifically i can relate to one thing in my lifetime well it wasn't it didn't originally years. look like that when he right but that was its main NASA's, concept yeah yeah and so nasa tinkered with that design until mm. they came up with the space shuttle you know th- 30 years later um and then it, yeah he ran ford advanced design in the 50s did some other stuff he has this like thing where he like also did a bunch of work with a bunch of uh, vehicle manufacturers that like were on the verge of going out of business. Okay. Um, so like Harley Davidson. Yeah, he probably is, <laughs> if he was still alive, he'd be making motorcycles. <clears throat> but no, he, he he was like the death stroke. Just like because he he joined Duesenberg right before they went out of business, and okay. then he joined, um, I think Allard right before they went out of business. A few other wow, ones. I haven't heard the American car Bantam Allard forever. Yeah, and I, I think I, no, it wasn't Allard. It was American Bantam for sure. Because he did Bantam's design, cool. yeah, Bantam, and then they went out of business, and then, no way. and then Tucker, and then they went out of business, and then Ford, and then they axed Edsel. So and this is he's like, literally just the Grim Reaper. He is the Grim Reaper, but he does some cool stuff yeah, before but he takes he you. He designs really, really dope designs right before they die. Takes you through the pearly gates on fire. It, it's all of these brands where their last car was their coolest car. Like they got better <laughs> all the way up until the end. I'm and getting then they died. better. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, his final design before he retired was he designed the Subaru Brat. Great. Was it like the first one? Yeah, the original Brat. Yeah, that one actually looks so, pretty cool. Yeah, and like Subaru's like we need we need a, we want to make a pickup truck and we want to make it so it isn't affected by a chicken tax. So he designed like the jump seats and everything, and actually like made that like really cool. And nobody <laughs> thought of that before. <laughs> but yeah, so Alex Tremulous, uh, that dude definitely deserves I more time in the spotlight. Of actually. Alex Trebek, when you say that, it's suck it, Trebek. Definitely a different guy. I know. I know. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. I mean, it sounds very ahead of his time. Yeah, ahead of his time in a way, just time making. He made the time. Hmm. That sounds a lot like another car company I know these days. Tesla? Yep. And using that as a sweet segue. So, uh, Top Gear Magazine, not, I mean, it is related, but not really to the actual show that we're used to watching. They pitted, several years later, a Tesla Model 3 performance against an outgoing F80 M3 DCT on a track. DCT, ugh. Yeah, double clutch. Because it's faster around a track. But anyway, they took it to a fairly short track in Southern California, and they ran them both around with a non-professional racing driver. And the Model 3 was not insubstantially quicker. But, again, it's a fairly uh, intricate short track. So, I mean, talk about two-wheel drive versus all-wheel drive alone. Being able to and put down power and something like not, that out of turns. That, your, your weight distribution, all of the weight of the Tesla is at or below. Right, but it's, it's a very heavy car. Height. Yeah. It's, it's 1,200 pounds heavier than the M3. Wow, that's an M3 with a 
Suzuki Jimny Sansen engine yeah, in, in the back. which is incredible. Like I didn't realize just how heavy the Model 3 was, but it makes sense that it has to be almost and as heavy as the, this car that the, we're in. The, M, the M3 is not a light vehicle either. No, it isn't, especially with the DCT. I yeah. mean, that's a really heavy transmission. But anyway, they, uh, they did a straight-line quarter-mile test where the Tesla Model 3 performance won, and then they did the track test where mm -hmm. the lap times of the Tesla Model 3 were faster. And then they also did a drift test. And of course, the M3 won that. Just like the fun to drive. Like, if you're going to go around a track, like the dude was just hucking it in and doing a fun lap, showboating, whatever, being a yob. Yeah. The M3, obviously, much better for that. And he did it with the Model 3, but it was like you had to go in like 90 miles an hour, turn in, lift off to get it to lift, and then hammer it. And then you could just see the car awkwardly kind of snap back in. Oh, weird. So the, the Model 3, I still don't necessarily think it's going to be as fun to drive, but it's definitely faster around a track, which is impressive. Because, I mean, pricing on those things is pretty competitive to an M3. Although, I do have to say the F8 M3 is in the process of being replaced with a new one, which is going yeah. to have the MX drive, which is going to just kick the snot out of the Model 3 performance. And it's still, they're all-wheel all, all drive, which kind of sucks. So right, but like, in the BMW, you can shut the all-wheel drive off. Then you still have the dead weight. Yeah, I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. The last M3 I cared about was... Well, a little bit the F80, but at least the G80 M3 will still have a six-speed manual option. I think we should we can all agree that it the, should be a Jimny. It should be a Jimny. Yes, it should be okay, a Jimny. Cool, correct. Right. It's so a the Jimny Jimny with the HKS turbo the kit. Yep. Oh yeah. There you go. Perfect. So I forgot right. the cool name that they gave that kit. Uh, power adder. Okay. Yeah, power That's what it is. <laughs> anyway, so no one's surprised at the result of that, but I thought it no, was interesting it wasn't that a power they adder. pitted it against it. Was, uh, it, it was like the power accountant or something. It's some like weird name. I had no sense for what it was. Um, by the way, we should really talk about how well this your Model S did on this test drive. I yeah. You know, like this is because it's your, it's your first like actual road yeah, trip. Yeah, I though. haven't done a road trip in the car before. And yeah, and we it's took like it, kicked ass. Yeah. Uh, it's I think it was about 120 miles. We started with a full charge. We mm -hmm. did 120 miles. Hit the supercharger. We were at about a quarter, so 25 percent. We spent under an hour at the supercharger, mm -hmm. uh, just doing the podcast episode, and we actually put more power in than we consumed. Yeah, which didn't really make any sense. But which it is was again true. what we're doing. It's again what we we're doing now because we have at the second supercharging stop, we haven't charged between these two episodes. We yeah. did 121.3 miles. We used 42.3 kilowatt hours, and now the car has put in 44 kilowatt hours at the supercharger, and we still have nine percent to go. Um, but that I think that puts this thing's theoretical range somewhere around 180 miles of interstate, and which is you, the, pretty good. We should also note that you have purchased the poverty model. I have, and I've got the giant, inefficient, summer-tired 21-inch wheels on this thing. That, and, and we have four people you in have, it. We have four people on it. And we have AC, AC blasted. Yep. You, you had your heated. We have three Jenna and a half people. We have enough fat between us to make the rest of you. Yeah. Okay. And then you had your heated seat on. I and did. The, and the AC's on. <laughs> At the same time, but I mean, we we haven't been going slowly either. We've been doing and, seventy. And sorry, I was getting that. Yeah, we've been going seven, between seventy and ninety miles an hour with very few times of the car in front of us. Yeah. So this has not been an eco trip. No, at all. This and the is, fact that it's getting that close to its EPA range is pretty impressive. Yeah, that that's really, really, really good. Is that you're driving like an ass and still doing quite well? That's why I bought the car. I'm really, really, really satisfied with this. I feel like you should be too. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's pretty good. Oh, I said earlier, I said when we were driving past that F-Pace or whatever it was, or Jaguar. Yep. I, I call said, it an F-Pache. I'm like, if I worked for that company, I would be updating my LinkedIn right now. <laughs> Tesla, please hire me. There yeah, it, like, like, because 
really, the only saving grace that companies like Jaguar and, like, Lincoln and Cadillac have, like, the second-tier luxury brands. <laughs> the, the ones, the has-beens? The has-beens, yeah. <laughs> the only things that they have going for them is the possibility that Tesla might still go bankrupt. Right, and then they can try to buy their technology for yeah, pennies on that, the dollar. That's and... the only, that is literally the only saving grace that they have as companies. Cause right, and that's not really a great thing to be resting on. No, like, if you're <laughs> resting on the potential failure of everybody else, it, it's like being an American car company during the malaise. Right. Like, oh, and, yeah, you don't want to, yeah. And they're scrambling <laughs> to keep up. Like, they really are. Like, well, they oh, are. And we were talking about this, actually, and pretty. we probably should have been recording earlier in the trip, but we are talking about the charging infrastructure. Yeah. How Tesla has all of these superchargers everywhere. Yeah. And they work with their cars. A lot of people have access to it for free. Whereas, if it was an iPace that we were driving here, we would have to look for a CCS DC fast charge station yeah, somewhere. exactly. We would have to deviate from our route to find it. Mm-hmm. We would have to spend the same amount of time there as we spent at the supercharger, which was on our way in both cases. Yeah. Probably it, wouldn't be near, you know, the stuff that we were near. We would add a bunch more time to our trip. So, if, if Tesla does go bankrupt and a company or companies are able to buy Tesla's IP and infrastructure, mm-hmm. they could fairly easily retrofit all of the superchargers to have a CCS connector and then still like they would have the option to grandfather in the lifetime supercharge people or charge the Tesla owners less per kilowatt hour if they don't. So, I mean, that's kind of a crucial piece or Tesla has to allow an adapted charging connector to work with the other cars. I think what Tesla does, because they have so much infrastructure here, they really do have a a point right now where they can easily make themselves a net like, you know, too big to fail. For a car right. company, as far as the EV market goes, where mm-hmm. if they if they allow other brands to you know make an adapter that fits their superchargers, yeah. well, they now have the most infrastructure. It'd be like letting Exxon Mobil fail, right? For like a gas yeah. station, other manufacturers would start depending on Tesla's exactly. infrastructure, and, and then they would have no choice but to invest in it. Yeah, and then Tesla, the way you're saying, Tesla can make a killing on it because they can, you know, you can sell mm-hmm. for double the price and still make it cheaper. Than, than what gas. gas would be. Right. And I even mentioned, I said, well, then you have to worry about, like, the other brands wanting to do that. So if you do, like, maybe, like, one and a half times as much instead of twice right. as much. Yeah, we were talking about yeah, what, what that blood money more, fee would yeah. have to be to still be worth it for people to come and use it and buy the other EVs. Exactly. And, and I, th- and I think that's the thing is, you know, if, if you're sitting there and you have, you know, a 110 AC... Jack right. in your hand, you're looking at a hotel, and you're sitting like, next to a supercharger, which it, you can't. It, you're use. looking at a hotel that's like 90, 90 bucks a night, and you're you will have a weird rash when you wake up. <laughs> versus, yeah, and or some crabs, yeah, yeah. Ver- versus a supercharger, and you have to pay extra right. for a supercharger. Right. Of course, you do a supercharger. That guy was totally masturbating in his car. Oh, that absolutely, was masturbating in his yeah. car. That guy looks super greasy. Oh god, that that or he was like shooting up heroin. One of the two. That looks disgusting. And his anyway. insight. Yeah, his <clears throat> insight. Anyway. Uh, but no, it, and that's the thing is, like, it, you, you can be stuck sleeping in the same place that guy's going to sleep that just walked by. or you That's can, where the rash came from. Yeah, that, that or you could just spend the extra money to get that supercharger. I think that if Tesla were to let people do that, that would right. really be awesome for their infrastructure. And, yeah, it's one of those things, like, I, I love internal combustion engines, but I 100% get... EVs like after a long driving one you get it there yeah I mean just living with it I mean I'm not gonna say that like driving the gasoline vehicle or the diesel vehicle becomes inconvenient but it's it's a completely different mindset and it just it isn't as good for day-to-day use as this even though I mean 
we've spent an hour and a half today now at a charger. Yes. Something that's something you don't have to do in a gasoline vehicle, but like it worked perfectly for our schedule because we needed time to do episodes. And it's this. It, I mean, this isn't the worst place in the world to have to spend forty no, minutes. No, no, no. We were parked next to a man masturbating. True. Yeah. And we that. didn't need to charge as long as we did in either case. However, I got this delicious fudge at this uh, gas station, and I got a pretty mediocre sandwich. So that was yeah. Well, you went to the holiday side. You didn't go to the actual. It's fine. They make you a sandwich side. How much? How much was that sandwich? Three dollars. It was half the price of the making one, so I get it. Yeah. Yeah, so this is three-hour fudge, and it looks pretty bomb. So. Mint. Why do you have a Supreme sticker in your car? Uh, John left it in my car last night because he bought nice. one of those, like, $1,000 hoodies to resell. Yeah. That's pretty funny. He tried to sell it to me, and I was like, yeah. No. Why would you try to sell anything that costs money to Jana? Yeah, no. Yeah, There's no was money like, there. I looked at him, and I was like, what do you think I do? Uh, that's cute. You think I have money. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well. But, uh. In my $300. The, the only thing's, like. You know, really, the Tesla's done really good, and the car is honestly really thoughtfully designed. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. I really like about it. There's a few weird things that go on with it. They're 100% software things. No, there's a couple other things. Like what? The seat controls. Seat controls suck. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I the door that. panel's too close to your seat controls, yeah. so your hand is just kind of inconvenienced. You said that the uh, the vents feel mediocre. Yeah, the, the, the vents... back seat's not bueno. Back, back seat's not that's comfortable. That's also not been used, though. That's true. These, these, these are, are very vents well are miles in them. Yeah, yeah. My, my front seat's actually very comfortable. But, well, yeah, these vents the do suck. The problem is the, like, seating angle of the back seat, not necessarily the seats themselves. They could just go back just a wee bit. So, Jana wants an executive package Model S. And again, poverty package. We should note. Well, yeah, but I wanted the poverty package because fold down seats. That's yeah, true, but I, I mean, like, like with, with the poverty package, I think that th- that probably has something to do with the comfort level. I don't think so. This car has the premium interior. Really? Yeah. This is the pre- this is what it gets. This has to. like a twenty five hundred dollar interior upgrade option with leather wrap. I guess this Shug does have the worst version, so we don't. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no sunroof, no premium sound, no. What the? Why would you even? This car is two options. It has next-gen seats, so okay. the style seat, and it has uh, somebody paid for the autopilot. So that's right. And the autopilot is pretty cool. Yep. I think this thing, it's got this weird thing where that's it tries true. to kill motorcyclists. Yeah, we, I have been using autopilot 95% of today so far, and I will continue the rest of this trip. And yeah, it, uh, it doesn't seem to react well to lane keep when you have a motorcycle nearby, because it is, I'm pretty sure, had the... Uh, the lust for blood. Yeah, no, it's oh, yeah. with it, motorcyclists. You're calling it the murder. <laughs> okay, apparently we're calling it the murder. I don't, I don't know. I had a better thing, but my brain is. Gone. Jan's ready for a nap right yep. now. It looks oh. actually like a fort back there. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, Jan, Jan does have this like, little <laughs> cozy. Go, go to my Instagram. I posted a picture. I tagged overboard in it. What's so. your what's your Instagram? Uh, Jan is, is a monster. monster. At Jana is a monster, one in and Jana. It's all yeah. one word, of course. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, so. Or you can find it through at Oval Boar. Or sorry, yes. at S54E30, and then you can find her tag post. But Yeah. Um, so I actually do want to uh, talk about something else before we're done with the episode. John Singleton what? died. Oh, I thought you were going to ask what we learned. Well, no, not, not quite there yet. Oh. I, I, Who's I, John Singleton? He was the director of Too Fast, Too Furious, <laughs> which is, like, not a great movie. But you know what else he did was hey, Boys in the Hood. Too Fast, Too Furious is my favorite movie. You know what? Movie. After we, we set off, we'll play Too Fast, Too Furious soundtrack. No, Hell no, yeah. you don't need to. But yes, please. Okay. Oh, I, I would prefer the Boys in the Hood soundtrack, but okay. No. Anyway, um, yeah, no, he was uh, 
the youngest. Well, oh, Bernard, oh, Bernard, no, 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 no,
electron variants. So yeah, it's, the it's less the, radioactive, one of those safer ones. It doesn't emit as many rads. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so they were um, they were made in the 30s and then eventually expanded. I, however, would love to see like car stuff made with uranium glass. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know if the production's like super duper sketchy or no not even hmm. it's just it's glass it's got uranium in it and then you, that's kind of cool then you glass bolt like normal because it's, it's like it, a Geiger counter won't even pick it up like you need to have a really sensitive Geiger counter and then it'll pick it up barely hmm. so it's really not that radioactive oh, that's kind of neat it's just enough to like mess with light so there you go <laughs> um, so Jana what did you learn well I googled the fact on uh, Okay. And, cool. Oh, so uh, it, <laughs> and apparently the glue used on Israeli stamps is kosher. That is incredible. That actually random. makes a lot of sense, yeah. actually. But so I also found out that I know the books I read to my students way too well because we just found the potty book. The potty in, book uh, mentioned in the last in episode. The gas station, and I was able to find exactly the page I always tell people about. And show it to Ryan. What, what like, was that? What was what it? Was it says quote? Tinkle Tinkle Toot. I did it. <laughs> tinkle Tinkle Toot. I did it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, what you want? It's almost as good as a pre-war bell. Uh, chemicals in the water are turning the frogs gay. There we go. Uh, All right. So uh, Corey listens to Alex Jones. Well, he listens to his mother. <laughs> patently false. Um, don't listen to Corey. This is why he sits behind. <laughs> The mixing equipment without a microphone usually, so we're very sorry about this. We'll, <laughs> well beat him savagely off off microphones. So we'll make him suck the last kilowatt hours out of the battery with a hose. So. Anyway, thank you for listening. And uh, Corey, why don't you come over here so I can give you your bright comeuppance? So Ooh, sounds, sounds like you're gonna dominate him. <laughs> I'll hit you with the ring hand. <laughs> well, it doesn't appear to. This is all getting really microphone. weird. I really wish you hit pause.